Hello, and welcome to the No Good Poetry Podcast. Each week we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of poetry. This is episode 52 with Joseph Makos and Joseph B. Avenue. This is the good, bad, and the ugly, isn't it? Some ugly shit out there, kids. Let's make the world safe for poetry. Is that right? Is this 52? I think so. It is 52. <laughs> <laughs> you can leave that in it's there. It's hard to I, keep track of sometimes. No, well, once you get it, once you get past 50, I suppose this is how it's going to be when we turn 50, is once you get past 50, it's kind of hard to keep track of. And now, news from around the world of poetry. So, yeah, I guess there is some kind of <laughs> interesting no, I just poetry like to, news items. I just like to do these like weird, funny intros that, that we could just like... And now a call from a poet, or and now word from our sponsors. Just because yeah. I like to act like we're on, we're on the radio, but we're actually just on a podcast. No, so there's a new there's a new controversy uh, that's kind of popping off in New York subways uh, re- related to poetry. Yeah, and I find it I find it kind of odd, and also at the same time, uh, it's it's funny because. When I read when I read about this story, it's nothing really new. And let's talk about it. Okay, so, so what, what's the going first on? Background, I guess. I mean, I know most people know this, but maybe they don't. Right? Poetry Society of America for a while has had this poetry in motion program, right? Yeah. Did it start? Nineties. Sorry, nineties. Yeah, nineties. Nineties. What city it started in, but I'm not sure. But it's in a bunch of cities now, right? Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure, if I recall correctly, I think they're on buses in Ohio and Cleveland. I, I don't know if it's the same people. It might be a, a local group doing it, but I, I have a feeling it's... No, I'm looking I'm looking now, although it doesn't tell me when it started. What cities? And they're in a lot of cities, apparently. One of which I don't even understand. Some of these I don't understand. Apparently they're in Amherst, Atlanta, Austin, Baltimore, Boston, Boise... Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, East Lansing, Fresno, Fort Collins, Hartford, Houston, Jacksonville, Little Rock, Los Angeles, Milwaukee, Missoula, Nashville, New Orleans. I've never seen one in New Orleans. New York, Philadelphia, Portland, Salt Lake City, the Twin Cities, and Washington, D.C. Okay. So there are these poems that are... But no Cleveland on that list. No, I thought Cleveland... I think maybe that they do it locally in Cleveland. That's why they don't do yeah, it. But, uh, but other Ohio cities are on that list. Yeah. yeah that's where... So there's these, you know, poetry in motion. There are these uh, po- poems on the subway ads. We all know there's the space above where you where you sit and stand uh, on the top by the lights. And there's these, uh, usually they're, hor- they're uh, horizontal. But I think in New York, I've seen larger ones that were like 20, 18 by 24s that were... Uh, well, this is saying in New York, which is different than the other cities, they work with the MTA Arts and Design Group. crew, whoever that is. Okay. So maybe that's why they're they're bigger. Sure. And they do these, anyways, it's poetry signs. Well, it's like poetry that you can read while you're sitting in the public transit, right, is the idea. So now let's think about this. So now those spaces were initially set for advertising. Poetry in America, Poetry uh, Society of America, took them over to take the advertising out and add poems. But yeah, technically speaking, it's still advertising. Yes, that's true. And then I don't know. Was it originally for advertising? I wonder. It was for public poet. I mean, it's public poetry. But I'm being no, cheeky. No, no, no. I'm being cheeky in so much as saying that. No, I mean, were those spaces originally for advertising? Oh, I think. I think for sure. I think originally it was more. Information for the riders information for the riders like from the transit authority, or maybe or from the city, or it, maybe from like. It, but it then quickly became advertising. I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then you know now what's happening? The controversy is that some clever design firm called Policy Genius that compares insurance quotes for for auto companies. Uh, decided to take this poetry motion and spoof it and do their own thing with it where they're poems, but they're actually ads. Let me read one. Blackberries, fresh milk, all these things, 
are talked about in other Subway poems. So, we include them in this one. We have the space. All we need to say is that we make it easy to compare life insurance online. Hmm. Okay, so I was wrong. It's life insurance, not auto insurance. Sorry. Uh, but that's basically the poem, right? And there's more. There's a bunch of them. I mean, they they have all these. Uh, some of them get some of them get like super. But that's kind of clever. Detailed. I mean, I like that. If you just read the first line, you might think it's a real poem. Although it very quickly becomes not clever, because instead of going with that and trying to work the insurance thing into the poem, it says. It pretty much says, oh, we just had this line because it's what normally appears in these subway poems, which is kind of lame. It is lame. <laughs> like, why not actually go with it for a little while before you get to the insurance stuff instead of being like, we're not well, actually writing yeah. a poem here. Let me read another one for okay. you. <laughs> Homage. As lovers of poetry, we set out to write an homage. But no sooner did we begin than stumble. As it turns out, it is difficult to rhyme with homage. We could only think of fromage. That's French for cheese. We aren't experts in cheese or poetry. We just make it easy to compare life insurance online. (laughs) (laughs) The fromage was the nicest part, and then it just very quickly see but the weird thing about it is i guess it's a clever campaign in some ways except that it could have been done better you could have done that i don't know there's a lot of things that i do have a problem with it i don't really care that they're spoofing the poetry emotion things although that's apparently a lot of people are upset about that right a lot yeah that's fine i mean i don't first of all who cares Second of all, I think there's, you know, there's pretty, in the past, poetry in advertising was kind of a common thing, right? Like yes, when, it was actually very common. Because remember, we were looking at the yeah. advertising from the 1890s? All over the place. It was everywhere. It was actually something to attract the reader. It was like embedding literature in your ad was a thing that brought people into the into the ad. But like I it think attracted it's because readers. people looked at poetry differently then well, than they do now. Right. Yeah. But you know, I, you know, I don't really have a problem. That's fine. I, I, not that I think the poetry in that advertising of the past was good, although it's probably better than that stuff you just read. Let's see. <laughs> I don't know. Do you have some some eighteen hundreds poetry ads? No, but this is like an actual subway poem. Some you know that someone's posting like. Uh, you know, the difference between subway poems and these poems. Okay. Well, there's like a little bit, uh, I can't, unfortunately I can't. I might see if I can find one because I remember one that I liked most. I honestly, if I think about those subway poems, most of the time I didn't like them, but I remember one when I lived in Chicago that I liked by Mark Strand. Let me see if I can find it. It doesn't say who this is, but I'm sure we could look it up, but this is a cool one, uh, where I'm going to pin this tweet. Uh, where uh, it's a good poem. I mean, it's a simple little poem, but it's got a cool visual presentation. Mm-hmm. And it's, it says, poem. Every morning I forget how it is. I watch the smokes mount in great strides above the city. I belong to no one. Then I remember my shoes, how I have to put them on, how bending over to tie them up, I will look into the earth. Hmm. Okay. Not bad, not bad. Uh, but you know, the they've co-opted the space. They've they've taken the space over. They've, you know, they've basically decided to do this. So let's think about but, this. But, 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 Is it making fun? Yeah. Of, are they making fun of poetry? Are they, you know, are no. they are they just using poetry or they're not using poetry? They're just using ads. See, this is where poetry, like, you know, is it even poetry or is it actually? Is it actually just line breaks in language that's cleverly disguised to be an ad, but it's not even disguised. It's an ad that's masking as poetry in plain sight. Yeah, I think that's more what it is. But I also think that's 
questionable as an advertising strategy because, <laughs> first of all, how many people are reading the actual poetry in motion things on the subway? I would guess it's not a very large amount. And I would think the people who, who normally read them are the ones to be most likely to be upset by the fact that you're disguising your ad as that, right? So then who is this ad for? How is this an effective ad, right? I also think you're talking about ads in transit. I mean, I don't know. I, I have, I yeah. have, I, I have a lot of skepticism in general about the effectiveness of advertising. I think it's a bit of a scam. I don't think it really ups people's business the way they think it does. I think, and I think I would challenge someone to give me good hard data that shows that advertising is effective. I don't think it does. Most of the data people have on that is collected by people who are well, in the business of proving that well, the advertising is effective because they're trying let, to sell it. Let alone, but, <laughs> let alone the fact that maybe that ad campaign on those subway stations is a negative thing because people are on the subway cars and they're riding to, to and from the work. And I think the idea of putting the poetry in the cars in the first place was to maybe ease them a little bit, to give them yeah, a moment yeah, of solace exactly. and quietude. And I think that putting these ads that are these sub, these, these, these like, just trashy advertisements that are poems. It's like it's like it's like tricking people and robbing people of that. And why like, not instead of doing that, why not pay some poets to write some poems for your ad series and say, "Hey, we're going to use these in ads, but they're going to be put in there, and we're just going to have an actual poem, and then underneath we're going to say, buy such and such insurance.'" God, that would that would have been a way better approach. You know? Like actually use poetry, the space, because it's about a, it's a space issue. When I think of this, I think of the po- poetics of space, and I think of the idea of consuming that square in a subway car to put a, a ad that's masked as a poem. It's just criminal. I mean, in a certain way, it's like really, really bad. I mean, it's, I don't know if it's criminal, but I, I just don't see. Uh, so you're saying that won some kind of advertising award? It did. It won an award. Yeah. It's hard for me to see how that's effective as an advertisement. It's clever, I guess, sort of, although I think the execution is pretty poor. You could have done a similar idea that would have been equally as clever but had a better execution, right? You could have, even if you are having actual advertisements and not poems, you could have made the copy a lot better. I think that's some pretty fucking lazy copy, to be honest. But... Yeah, but then if you start thinking about who the ad's supposed to appeal to and is it going to work, do advertisings where you trick someone into reading them, is that effective at getting people to use that service? Well, <laughs> I don't know. They about won that, this award. You know? I mean, let's go a little deeper. They won this <laughs> award because uh, it was a reader, it was a reader voted in thing. Okay, okay, so, so it's it like wasn't already, like a, it wasn't like some ad. Yeah, but the re, okay, and they and they put poems in um, trains and bus stops in New York, Chicago, San Francisco, and L.A. Okay, predictable. Uh, the copy takes from artistic creative. You might okay, poly okay, whatever. But it's still the whole point is is that it's not poetry. But they use a line like this: "Poetry is hard because you never know when to begin a new line." Okay, stupid. But this is the reason it won the award is because they uh, actually used this campaign as the first ever integrated go-to-market campaign for this startup, uh, but included podcast, digital content, TV spots, and the subway. So uh, it was the combined sub- thing. thing. It wasn't just and, that. Yeah. And, and outdoor, other outdoor public things, you know, like bus stop stuff and, and other billboards. So, so it, was it was part of a whole campaign. It was actually was part, of a, part of yeah, a campaign. Yeah, it was part of yeah, a campaign. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that, that actually makes it – does it make it better or worse? It almost makes it worse for me. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it makes it worse, but it also – it's hard for me to see how that can integrate in any sensible way with those other parts of the campaign that you mentioned. You know? <laughs> Yeah, if they put poetry everywhere, or this was just... Or all the other things poetry-related, probably not. It was probably just this leg of it that is... I don't know, that just seems odd to me. Uh, let's see. I'm going to pull up their portfolio. 
maybe maybe I can pull up their portfolio. Yeah. I can't really uh up all oh, the workbox. Click on the workbox below. Sorry, I was I was While you're while you're doing that though. So I was saying I in the times that I've seen the actual poetry in motion things, I would say more times than not I dislike the poems. <laughs> but I remember this one in Chicago when I lived there by Mark Strand that I like and I just found it. So maybe maybe I can read this Mark Strand poem that was on one of these poetry in motion things. And it's called A Piece of the Storm for Sharon Horvath. From the shadow of domes in the city of domes, a snowflake, a blizzard of one, weightless, entered your room and made its way to the arm of the chair where you, looking up from your book, saw it the moment it landed. That's all there was to it. No more than a solemn waking to brevity, to the lifting and falling away of attention swiftly, a time between times, a flowerless funeral. No more than that, except for the feeling that this piece of the storm, which turned into nothing before your eyes, would come back. That someone years hence, sitting as you are now, might say, it's time, the air is ready, the sky has an opening. But I do think... One thing that's interesting about that ad campaign, if you compare it to like a real poetry in motion poem like that is, it does maybe inadvertently make you realize a little bit of something about what makes something a poem and what doesn't. Well, the rest of the campaign, by the way, was not poetry, but here's no. another poem from the campaign. Okay, another poem. Yeah, let's compare. Poetry is hard. Compare. Poetry is hard. Because you never know when to begin a new line. But you must, or it's just a regular science. Thankfully, comparing life insurance online is easy. <laughs> Maybe do that instead. <laughs> that is really like those, bad. Those last lines is like, uh, How did that even relate to what came before? But you must, or it's just a regular science. Thankfully, comparing life insurance online is easy. Maybe do that instead. That's the last line. Maybe do that instead. I don't know how this is getting anyone to use this. Anyways, it doesn't. What's 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 funny is that I just see the different ways that they're doing this ad campaign. And number one, the ad campaign is really, really, really boring. They should have had poets working on that ad campaign, too, though, because even for an ad, this is part of what I'm saying, right? Even for an ad, that's a really badly written copy because none of it leads anywhere. The The part that you're trying to get to, to try to get someone to use your online insurance quoting system, is just some tacked-on thing at the end stated in the most obvious way possible. That's bad advertising, to be honest. Like, it is. You know... How nothing got you there. There's no, there's no journey you're going through where you get to this point of one. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like, actually, if they, what if they actually wrote poetry that was about comparing life insurance? Well, online? that could be interesting. <laughs> I know that's what I'm saying. If they had done that, I might have been interested in it. That might have been like, okay, well, you know, I think they're, I think that would be difficult, but maybe there's some way to do that. Well. Apparently, poets are up in arms over it and pissed off because poets, I guess maybe because they don't like advertising, but also because they don't like their precious poetry being co-opted in the subway cars. I don't know. Do you feel like that? Well, you know, I think this city needs more poetry, so I think if I saw it in public transit, I would like it. The advertising? Oh, the advertising, no. I, I, I I want more real poetry. Yeah, I mean, I agree. But do you feel, like, upset at that advertising? Uh, I think it's just annoying. I think it falls short. That's what I think the, the moral of the story is, is it just kind of falls short. Is I mean, it's, I they, use, they use the idea of poetry as a gimmick, but they actually yeah. don't even use poetry. They don't, it's not really poetry. And I don't know that I really think it's much worse than a lot of the shitty advertising that's out there. Right? Yeah, I don't sure. know. It doesn't really bother me, the trying to use poetry aspect of it. I mean, it just sucks. They didn't do it well. 
<laughs> right? You know? Which is, I guess, not great, but... Not great. So, I mean... Okay, so let's talk about, other than Poetry in Motion, what kind of spaces are there for poetry out in public, out in the world like that? I mean, there's lots of theoretical spaces, but do we have spaces now where we see poetry just out for the general public like that very much? I don't know. I think we see it sometimes like on uh, different places, like maybe in public art. I think that there's poems in public out there. Sometimes, yeah. I I guess sometimes art, I suppose, yeah. Public art, the way that sometimes public art can incorporate poetry or language or... that seems like even... uh, We don't have enough public art either, but I think even in public art, that's a pretty rare thing, though, huh? Yeah, I guess, you know, I mean, I'm thinking thinking of a place in Cleveland. I'm thinking of the Patchen Park. That's mm-hmm. down by the water, mm-hmm. right across from Hoople's. Yeah, yeah. And uh, right there on the Cuyahoga. Uh, and that's like a beautiful piece of uh, public art. But it is dedicated to kind of, it's the Kenneth Patchen Memorial right there. So. so it kind of makes sense. So it kind of makes sense for there to be poetry. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, other than like maybe like a po- uh, the statue of Edgar Allan Poe or like, um, you know, Statue I'm trying to think. Statue of Liberty. Statue of Liberty. <laughs> There's poetry on the Statue of Liberty. Well, yeah, that, that whole thing about the... Huddled masses on that—it's part of a poem, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm falling short. Are there poems in New Orleans in public? Are there are poetry written on? I mean, I'm sure there are. I can't think of one offhand, and I do feel like sometimes when you see things that are more like impromptu murals and those things, sometimes they incorporate bits of poetry into them, although maybe not a whole poem. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's pretty slim pickings on that stuff to some extent. I think there are some slim pickings. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just like thinking about it right now and I can't, nothing really comes to mind, which is funny. Uh, I did see, oh, uh, let's see if I can find that. Speaking of poetry news, maybe I can find it real fast, but it's kind of related to what we were talking about. Let's see, news. Strangely, I was reading about this guy in Delhi who's a visual artist and he's been taking Hindu and Urdu poetry but using his graphic design skills to like present them in these sort of almost like comic formats. I guess they're not really comics. Some of them look more like comics. But they're, they kind of look like they could be panels from a comic but puts this traditional Hindu and Urdu poetry in it because to try to make it look more appealing to young people, to I get like, them to read it. I like that. I don't know where. But I don't think he's, like, just posting it in public. Let's see, what is he doing? He's selling merchandise with, on, with it on it, like tote bags and T-shirts. I like that idea. Mugs and things. That's not a bad idea, yeah. right? Yeah, but it's, you know, it's the more commodification. Yeah, but that's not a bad commodification. I know, it's different from something that's just out in the world in a totally public way where you don't have to buy anything to see it. Yeah, well, it's right, because it's hard. It's like, okay. But how would you do that? It would have to be like wheat pasting or graffiti or something for the most part because you can't, there's not funding for that, right? It's not like someone's going to pay you to. No. What you need to put poetry out into the world like that. I don't know. We always talked about doing wheat pasting, and we never actually did it, I well, guess. we still got time. Yeah. Uh, That's probably the most cost-effective way of doing that. Uh, you know, something cool poetry that I got into this week was uh, I, went, I, went to, uh, I went to hang out with Andy Young over uh, poet uh, Andy Young, and uh, I went to go and uh, work at NOCA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. do NOCA. And uh, I can talk about that a little bit because it's, yeah. it's kind of cool. Uh, you know, we were the, 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 the students there at NOCA are very... Um, I don't know. They're like, they're like kind of the coolest students. I think I get to teach honestly because they're just so open minded and they're, 
and they're just like a different set, you know, they're just like a totally different set of students at any other high school that I've ever had. And, uh-huh. and, and they're just like, they have like a whole different sort of perception on things. And I really, I really like working over there. But uh, I was going to say, um, you know, I go in and, and uh, tell them about Dada and, and explain to them sort of like how it happened and sort of like this balance of, um, of uh, political action and but uh, merging sort of like uh, absurdity with you know sort of like this progressive absurdity and, yeah. and uh, tragedy and and humor and all that together and how it's merged and but we were talking I was I was I was starting um, we were talking about collages and, and how that's part of poetry and surrealism and cut-ups and all this and uh, you know I, I, I sort of like even went to the beginning where there's the story about where Emmy Hennings and uh, Hugo Ball have to actually uh, smuggle themselves into Switzerland in the yeah, first yeah, place because the they're thing. so. Oh, yeah. So what's funny is that it all started with the collage because technically, fake passport is a collage. And then you can be like, and kids. So if you're making a fake ID, yeah, <laughs> you're making a collage. <laughs> I don't think you can do it that way anymore. But. No, but so we we but we but what's what's cool about it is we bring all these news sources together. You know, we yeah, look yeah. at we look at print media in all these different ways. So I, I I drop all these things on the table and say, you know, here's a copy of Anti Gravity, and here's today's Advocate, and here's Gambit, and here's Offbeat, and here's but here's like. Here's like, uh, you know, like where I have some like um, magazine someone gave me. So I had like Outdoor Magazine and I had uh, I had like some New Yorkers and I had uh, a Condé Nast Traveler. And then I had like just. So let me ask you a question about that, though. Yeah. So I drop all this stuff on the yeah. table. And then here's what we do. We everyone get, goes at it with scissors. And we everyone has a 12 by 18 sheet of paper. Yeah, and we spend about seven minutes, and you you have to cut a word out and chew, and pair it up with the, with an image. Yeah, and then you put it down on the page, and then the next one has to go off of that one, and so on and so forth. So it's this like exquisite corpse, you know, like. But we end by seven minutes, and then they pass it to the left. So there's twelve people around the table, and all of us ultimately get to touch everyone else's collage. That's, that's yeah, I like that. They just collaborate. So it's like a exquisite yeah, corpse, yeah, but you see it, and you. You know, you add to it. So it's this like process of writing, but it's not writing because you're trying to create a message, but you don't know what message is going to be created at the end. So it's and I, the rules are kind of like you have to add one image and one phrase okay, or one word. So now that sends me to another question, but I still want to get back to my original question. Okay. So I don't know which order to do these in. Okay. But my original question was how you handle this but i feel like cause you're talking about you taking all these various newspaper sources yep and you know i mean newspapers were always like classically the, do, the way to do these things with and i think expanding that to anti-gravity and things like that is interesting but my impression always is for the dot for the dadaists and the surrealists when they were doing this that a lot of the reason they were using newspapers as a source was kind of their contempt for those sources to some extent, right? Like, a lot of it was about kind of, this is bullshit. Like, this, the way these things are reported and the way people talk about things is bullshit. And so we're going to use this as a I, as a fuel for art. But there's some contempt there. But I explained that to them. Yeah. No, I explained that to them. I but, explained but that to they probably don't have that same relationship to those sources. I guess is the fu- is the weird thing, and I don't know what 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 would be the source that you would use where you could do that. I guess you know. Oh uh, uh, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, I talked to them about that. I talked to them about like uh, how it's subversion and how yeah. it's and how it's taking this sort of political uh, double speak and then turning it around to sort of make it a maybe po- it would be interesting to political get, like quadruple speak. I mean, you'd have to get both for it to be balanced in some way. To just try to get the most extreme political publications on the right and the left that you possibly can to use or something. I wonder if maybe that would, to some extent, generate that and try to be like, pick the one that's opposite your... Exact opposite? Your opposite po- your your personal beliefs. Yeah. <laughs> to try to go with that. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I don't know. I hadn't thought about that before. I mean, I, I guess 
But it, you make, it you was make, always in the back of my mind that aspect of it. But I, I, just you make as a you good were point. talking about it, it made me think of it, which I had never thought of before. Of like, well, how do you recreate that today? You make a good point. You know, you make a good point that um, they do. You know that that it's the subversion or it's, that it's a uh, contempt for news sources. But that's also where the playfulness comes out of, and that's sometimes what I worry about when people do modern collages. Right? Is they you lose some of that bite and you lose some of that playfulness. But I think it was easy for them to have that because that was just their attitude about that stuff, right? They were like, this is... Yeah. Right? Uh, so it would be interesting to try to recreate that in some way. Yeah, wow. And I guess, like, I don't know. I mean, if you if you see... And we can show you some of the collages. We can put a couple I up. I saw one that you posted, yeah. On Instagram. Uh, I, I posted a few on Instagram, but you know, I think it's easy. It's interesting what comes out, you know, like of, uh, some of the things and some of the language that they pick up on anyway. This is like some of the language in one of them here. It says, uh, unapologetically male, urgent diamond, axe, top taco, send more, let's play. He loves helping kids. The election is near. Calvin Klein of rebellion am still... To rise, mortal coil. Do you ever feel like wow? But yeah, but I guess that's what. Like <laughs> sometimes they can be good still, but I don't feel. I think tonally that's more kind of positive, right? Even the parts that are a little bit, even the parts that are a little bit sarcastic, right? Which there are parts of that that are. Okay, ready? Yeah. There's another one. Informant pocketed drugs in high New Orleans. Cash rules everything around me. Long, raw, cheeky wawa, signs of change, a sexual Jew, portrait of America to love, vision. Well, that's fine, but that just sounds like a kid trying to pick funny shit out of there. Yeah, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Here's another one. (laughs) bombshell one drinker honored when you really need to get away netanyahu trump broken thumb legislative disaster lost family members in the final four struggle with uh stay struggling with addiction Hmm. i don't know i just think it's an interesting thing right i don't know it's a yeah and then, well, and that was the other thing. I think there's some nice things about doing it collaboratively, like you said you're doing. Yeah. But that's also difficult, right? I mean, I've done art exquisicores for years, sometimes with the same person for years. And that's... But when you start doing that, well, there's dangers with that, too, because sometimes you can get too in sync with that person sure but it's kind of an interesting thing but it's also hard if you're not in sync with that person at all it can just be too disjointed right true which is i think it's an interesting it's still an interesting exercise but i think it's maybe difficult if you're not if you're just kind of like passing the thing around but it's different right like if you're in a community where things feel where everyone's kind of got that energy it can work yeah I don't know. It's it's, it's hard. I thought yeah. I thought it was. A, I thought as an exercise. I thought it was. A, I thought they got a lot out of it, and yeah. they loved it. They enjoyed doing it. Oh, I'm uh, sure. There was yeah, a lot yeah. of in- interactivity. There was a lot of play. Well, and I think um, there's a lot to be learned from that. Even if the products don't always, I'm sure some of the products come out good. But it's like, I'm just trying to think about both. How do you get a better product at the end? But also, <clears throat> like you. That's that's a funny thing when you're doing something like that in a class because you're trying to do two things at once. Part of it's not about the product at all. Part of it you're just trying to get them to think about those things, and it definitely does that. And uh, and that's a useful thing in and of itself, right? Uh, well, yeah, I think it really cracks their minds. You know, it really yeah. it really cracks their minds in in in, in looking at this as writing. Or as as sort of like a creative process that's a literary. Yeah. But also, I think that listening to them around the table and hearing what they have to say and hearing sort of their reactions to the the humor of some of these 
things and like the news when they're reading the news and they're looking at these things. Um, and then, and then like kind of like the politics that's in the room anyway, that's going on yeah. between the interacting yeah. with the students. Cause there's a lot of that, right? Of course, of course. And like their own, their own codes, you know, and, uh, that I'm not necessarily privy to, I, I'm not their teacher, but if I was their teacher every day, I would be more privy to their own codes. Like you're probably privy to your students codes, like to, to a certain extent, but they, but like listening to what they were saying around the table and how they were interacting with it, they did have contempt. Like they actually had yeah, a little. Yeah, I think that's true. They yeah. had a little bit of contempt, whether or not it was like, like in their choice of like if, of in their. I mean, choice. they are teenagers. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure they've got some contempt anyway. Yeah. Um. But yeah. you know, I don't know. I mean, I I think I think well, I love it. I enjoy doing it. I mean, I can't deny that because oh, yeah. it's fun. And but I also applaud Andy because as a poet and as a teacher because one. You know, she says that she thinks that Dada and surrealism is like almost more important now than ever, and which which I would almost say that is completely true because like if we it's a hundred years later and yeah. here we are again, and if you look at really the way that the world is going or the po- the political situation right now in the world, like it's time to like it's time to like you know co op that again and 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 do it and like the funny thing is that the co opters even even are participating in the co option. Of it all, because it's like, uh, anyways, it's really thick. But I applaud her in doing this because, you know, as a freshman in high school, being exposed to surrealism no, and agree. Dada and understanding, like, the political movements that they could be and the energy that they, you know, kind of, like, hold uh, in a certain sense in, like, contemporary 20th century design and thinking and you know, and the art and all, and, you know, sort of like down all the way to advertising. I mean, I have to say, like, even to advertising, you know, you can look at, and you can look at ads and see that it's already a, some, you know, there's a lot of surrealism in ads these days. And there's a lot, there's, there's even, you know, there's sort of Dadaistic tendencies, certain, certain, which is, yeah, which but is, certain companies, which is good in some ways. It's also weird in some ways, but yeah. it is weird in some other ways, but it's, it's, I don't know. It's, no, but I agree. It's that's, rather, in, that's important for them cool to these kids know about, and she gets them to know about that, and that's good. And I, I often think about that in my most depressing teacher moments when I feel like I'm not getting through, that I'm like, oh, well, now these kids know about Dada and surrealism, and I didn't know about that when I was in high school, so even if I didn't do anything else, at least, uh, at least that's something worthwhile, and it's actually kind of a pretty good, important thing, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, I had that rude awakening when I was like, well, not rude awakening, but I had that funny, that sort of like funny feeling in my in my shoes when I when I uh, when I get to uh, uh, Hanover and I'm like looking around at all the uh, universities and I'm just like looking around at all the different, you know, the landscape, the built environment. And I'm like, what? And I look at the map and I'm like, what? Uh there's a high school named after Kurt Schwitters, like yeah, in Hanover, crazy. which is like a gymnasium, which is like a, a, a high school. But it's just, it's just like, it's just like, yeah, you know, there they named their high schools after their their yeah, artistic heroes, know, which is like, you, yeah. But but it is, but you're right. I mean, I think you there are leftover things of that in our culture, and sometimes it is in somewhat of a negative way, the way it's co-opted sometimes into advertisement or something, but. Yeah, I don't know that the average person on the street, I'm not just talking about high school students, I don't know about that the average adult even knows about it to understand the reference, right? No. Definitely not. So, I don't so I mean that's a that's that's a useful thing. But it's also weird, right? Because it's like but that's also that kind of development of advertisement in America. Now we're back to advertising again. Yeah. How we went through that period of things being I guess it was like the 80s kind of realizing, oh, now people are more savvy. So we've kind of got to trick them a little bit. But in doing that, the advertisement came about being, became about convincing people they were being rebellious in some way by using the product, right? And then, uh, but then people got savvy to that. And now it's weird because it's almost come back around to sincerity again. It's strange, right? Like it goes through those cycles. Didn't, didn't Dr. Bronner's put poetry on soap? Was there poetry on those bottles? 
Aren't there, isn't there poetry? There's just quotes, or is there just quotes? I don't know. There could be. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, but then what is Dada advertisement? Like, that's just, like, to do it in a true sense is a complete oxymoron, right? Dada is about, Mm, yeah. This opposite of advertisement is, could possibly be, right? Yeah, because I was thinking like I was thinking of like when they take like a a, a mo- like a modern brand and then they turn it into something different. Like Adidas becomes a pot leaf, or it's Wheaties for pot rather than Wheaties, or like these sort of things where they take it and they change it. That's kind of more surrealist. Well, or that's almost like a weird turning back of pop art on itself. Right? It's pop art on itself. Yeah, like pop art was taking advertisement. And turning it back into art, but then now advertisements taking that pop art sensibility, which is almost why I think it's impossible to do good pop art now. Right? Maybe it's not totally impossible, but it's so difficult, right? Because it's been so mainstreamed into the culture. I think it's hard for people to even understand. I think I don't see my students even understanding pop art now. Because they can't, they don't have a sense of what that time was like to understand what advertisement was like and that it was such a different space than we live in now. They, It's just so hard for them to wrap their minds around. Yeah. You know? I don't know. That's why, I don't know. That's why I, I personally am, we're talking about advertising still, but I, yeah. I, that's why I personally hearken back to, well, I, you know, present company included, but I, you know, I, I, have a thing for old ads people always have a thing for old ads because it's 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 actually because the art is really beautiful and it's really pretty the art can be yeah well and i mean i think why and i think there's plenty there's some examples of that in a modern sense but especially if i think of like magazine advertisements can still be really beautiful now true um and occasionally you will get things television wise that actually make something that's art in its own right as being advertisement. I don't know why that's not the general strategy. Yeah. Well, I don't, you know, why why can't you have advertisement that's also art at the same time? I don't know. Because you think people are too stupid, I guess. Is that's what it really comes down to. And that's maybe why I think, like, you're saying poets are so upset about that ad thing. And poets, I think, stereotypically so, but probably in general, are more against advertising than most people. And I think what it, what is offensive to about... What is offensive about advertising to poets is it really treats people like they're stupid. Right? Advertisement is not meeting you in some place where it's like, hey... Let's share this experience together, and if I make some money off of it, that's okay. I mean, I don't know why it's not. It seems like that could be possible, too. It's treating you like you're someone to be duped or that you're a child, right? Like it's not. Speaking of children and bad ads, I remember <laughs> when I first came down to New Orleans, there was these ads in the back of the buses that said, it said, it said uh, never, never shake a baby. <laughs> <laughs> and I was I like, know, "That's an ad or a public service?" No, it was. It was an ad for, for like what? for uh, for like just child endangerment or something yeah, it was like like a public service. Yeah, but but but, but but technically speaking, <laughs> technically never, never technically speaking, never never shake a baby. It actually means that you should always be shaking a baby. <laughs> also, it has a nice sound to it though. Never never shake a baby. I could start a poem with that. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you, the double negative means that you should always be shaking. Is it a double negative? Though probably they punctuated it wrong. They did. Uh, it, it should be a comma, right? If there was a comma, then you're just repeating it, right? Yeah. yeah but if you didn't, I guess it does. It does seem like it's a double negative. <laughs> well, you know, New Orleans advertising is this whole thing. I went on a rabbit hole one day. I don't know. Randy and I were um, hanging out, and then for some reason, we got talking about old New Orleans ad- ads. Not old, but like from our childhood, and going back and watching those things on YouTube. Some of those things were inadvertent poetry, like the Special Man, and like, 
that stuff's great. Uh, but that's the other thing. I don't know. Like, but that's also the fascination of looking at old advertisement. I think too is it was a lot more local, hyper local. You know, and that's interesting. And New Orleans kind of hung on to that for a while, but now advertisement's not local much anymore, unfortunately. But speaking of punctuation, man, Wagner's meat, man. I don't know, but now no one goes to Wagner's. But that always drove me nuts. You know the, the Wagner's ads, right? It's the most confusing punctuation in an advertisement ever. You know these? What's that? You can't beat dot 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 Wagner's meat. Yeah. It's pretty weird. I don't know. <laughs> I think people are confused by ellipses a lot, which means like you left something out, right? It doesn't mean that you're pausing. Like people want to use it as a pause. Yeah. And then obviously they were playing on the beat your meat pun, which is a questionable strategy for <laughs> Or somewhere that sells meat, but <laughs> I don't know. Wow. All uh, right. So, do we have a place? Do we? No. Apparently, there's. I mean, there's a long. You know, the thing is, is that there's a long history in in uh, in, in advertisement and poetry. Is there a place for poetry and advertisement in the future, though? I think so. I think that. You know, uh, I think that it's just going to keep getting actually more co-opted in, in different ways, because I think that a- as advertising sort of loses itself and, be- and starts to eat itself, that they're just going to keep reaching out for new ways to do it. So I think they're actually going to try to figure out ways to, uh, you know, put more poetry in advertising. I think it's going to be seen more. I think, you know, I mean, the weird thing is. I don't know that I believe in advertising, first of all. I don't know that I believe that it's effective. But if we're going to go on the assumption that it is effective, I think poets would be the best at writing advertisement of anyone because you have to be attuned to imagery and association and how that affects your audience, which if you believe in advertising, that's the entirety of what it's trying to do, right? But it also seems like it should be trying to do it in a subtle way, which is weird, right? I mean, like, that's part of the, like, development of advertising, right? I feel like it got really subtle at some point. Like, you've read John Berger, right? Yeah. Think of all of his photo essays of advertisements from the 70s, and it's all, like, photo shoots that are duplications of, like, Renaissance paintings and things. Like, advertisement was really subtle in the 70s and 80s and was like signaling wealth and signaling these things through strange back-of-the-mind cultural associations. But now it's gone almost the opposite direction where it's not subtle at all anymore. It's Man, very you're reminding bizarre. me of this Life magazine, and I don't know where it is around here right now. I wish I could find it for the life of me. But I know that there's like cigarette ads from like the 60s or 50s and that they have like poems in them. Yeah, like that. A lot of it, like, and it's like it's and it's not. It's a cleverly written copy that's uh, like almost like in poetic meter. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. There's one that this guy wrote. Uh, Prudential had an ad campaign that was uh, using poetry, but it was it was more actually using poetry to get to the point, like but you this said. Recently, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Our kids who've grown and flown the nest now only phone us to request more cash on loan. Their tone depressed. Oof. Yeah, pretty bad, right? I mean, I don't know. It's not as bad as the first campaign we're talking about, but it's still pretty bad. There's also still this weird, like, people are not going to recognize it for, as poetry if it doesn't rhyme and have really obvious meter to it, right? There's always that thing going on. Although I don't feel like that in the vintage poetry necessarily. I mean, it usually does rhyme. Usually a little more aware of its meter at least well i don't know i think it's an interesting thing to think about we're kind of getting long here we can wrap this up but um i think it's an interesting thing we don't need to find more content is what i'm saying but uh i think it's an interesting thing to think about i don't know but 
That campaign is interesting because it's trying to incorporate poetry, but it does it in such a clumsy, ham-fisted way. But maybe there would be a place to, to use poetry in a real way in advertisement. And I don't know. But maybe we're at I, that point for things to come back around to it. I don't know. Yeah, I, I I could see it. I could see it happening. I could see it happening like with a beer company or I could see it happening with, I mean, a beer company would be almost the perfect company to do it. Because it would be like it would be like oh we're gonna put you know we're gonna put haikus on our on this you know uh, we're gonna we're gonna put haikus on bottles of labels or, or on a label or on a can or all right whoever in Tom Benson's estate yeah gets, good luck with gets that control one. of Dixie I'm drinking a Dixie right now as we're recording this we will gladly offer our services to write some poetry for Dixie's next ad campaign. But maybe that's it. Maybe maybe you actually just maybe that would be maybe that would be cool. You know, maybe we could find some of those old Dixie, uh, you know, ads that I have in the old newspapers and see if there's any poetry. I bet there's tons of poetry in those ads, right? There's ways to do it, right? I mean, I think it could be interesting. And yeah, I don't know. I'd love to see a Dixie poetry ad campaign. That's not just some clunky fucking thing, you know. Um. I think we see poetry, and now that I'm thinking about it, we're talking about print ads, but, you know, we, we have seen poetry sort of methods and things pop up, like, in visuals and ads, you know? Well, we've and seen... Reg- a lot of it. We've seen, regrettably, a lot of slam-style poetry in video commercials, but it's always been cringeworthy of how bad it is. Yeah, a lot of it is um, pretty rough. It's and I almost feel bad for those poets that get talking to do it, and I'm sure they got paid well. But it's always like, ugh, yeah. man. Not only is this terrible, but now you're going to be known as the person in the Coca-Cola ad. Well, there's also your the slam poem about. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I think Levi's actually uses uh, uh, Levi's and Whitman uses for Whitman. a while, which was yep. I, I remember seeing that. I was offended by that. I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> we have Whitman poems and a Levi's head. Although, I don't know. I could imagine a way where you could do that where it wouldn't feel like that. But the way they did this it isn't, was bad. This yeah. isn't quite related. But I remember being in San Francisco and totally seeing like a, uh, a gap, a gap uh, thing at the corner of... I think it was, I actually, if I remember this correctly, it was like, it was so insulting, but it was just like what it was. It was like a, it was like a picture of, um, it was a picture of Jack Kerouac wearing some khakis. Oh yeah. And it yeah, was a gap yeah. ad and it said I gap, remember that. it said yeah, gap yeah. and it just said khakis and it was Kerouac like leaning up against the building, smoking a cigarette. And if I remember correctly, uh, someone who lived in maybe the upper hate in the two thousand early two thousands. If I remember correctly, I think there was a gap at the corner of Hayden Ashbury, and that's where I saw it. That's so weird. <laughs> and what does that even mean? Like, he obviously was not wearing gap khakis. Why would you? I don't know. That just, is such bizarre. People I don't are get it. making I don't get it. associating with, you know, whatever. But yeah, is there anyone who just completely, I mean, you know, is there, are there any poets who just completely sold out? Like, completely sold out? I don't know. Well, I was saying. We've got no, um, I guess people have tried to do it. Maybe there's a place for pop art poetry. I've gone and typed, where you typed live poetry if, for a liquor company what that if you I made a, can't what if you say made, who it is. But. What if you made a book that all it was was poems in the form of ads for companies, but they weren't actually ads for the companies? That reminds me of that uh, Cubus Poets book that's around here, too. Weren't there ones that were shaped to look like ads? Yeah. They were specifically shaped to look I mean, like... that'd be kind of a fun experiment. Yeah. But, you know, this leads us... This is going to lead us back. It's going to bring us back, too, because we're going we're gonna to come back again for another episode about poetry in the newspapers because there's so much yeah. poetry le- left to be found. No, and I mean, I think there's a lot of interesting things to be done with that. And I actually think poetry and ads would be... Man, that'd be a book right there. You could easily you just could collect do ads that use poetry. Yeah. And do something really interesting with that. I don't know that it's good poetry, but it it would be. I also I think it says a lot about advertising, and I think it also says a lot about the way poetry kind of shifted and how people viewed it. 
as it got used in advertising. It would be a really... If you did that kind of longitudinally in some way where you kind of collected it over, you know, 50 years of newspapers or something and saw the trends of it, that could be really interesting. Yeah, it could be. But you could also just choose a decade and go for it, too. Well, you could could do it that way, too. But I kind of like the idea of thinking, like, do I see trends and does it change over time? How it's used, how it's presented. It'd be kind of interesting to look at. I don't know. I think there's a lot of different things you could do with it. And just to have a book of that. Ad poems. I don't know. And I know people, you know, it's like people have also done, you know, it's like funny, but there's, you know, there's the whole spam poetry movement too. Yeah. Bad truncated, weird, or just weird phraseologies. I used to get them always in my Hotmail inbox. Tons of bad spam, but then you would pick it up sometimes. You'd be like. Norman walks the puppy on Friday out the back window gate. But I think it's kind Why? of... That's actually a, not a bad line. Sort of, there's sort <laughs> starting of, yeah. point. No, it Almost be. like a, a starting point. It's sort of gone away, but there was a period, like especially in the early 2000s, I think, there was this period of spam where it got really poetic? word salad But there was some interesting poetic things we pulled out of that. <laughs> like how you, you know? just called it word salad. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> a, that's a term, right? Yeah, it is kind of a word salad. Yeah. Yeah. But there were interesting things you could pick out of it. It's kind of the same thing as using Google Translate as a as a content generator. It's the same kind of idea. You're kind of taking this word salad and pulling the interesting things out Chopping of it. Chopping right? up things yeah. and then dropping it back in and but yeah. But I don't know, yeah, no, it'd be good. I don't know, but I like this idea of poetry and advertisement. I think it's but we haven't said I mean the dangerous thing is I guess, is there a way... I don't know, and I don't want to say that, but I think some people would say poetry and advertisement are incompatible because of they have such different goals and frames of reference. I don't know if I agree with that, though. I don't know if I agree with that. I think maybe that's looking at both of those things in too far of extremes. You know? Yeah. I just I, I I think it's gonna keep I think it's I think it's being co-opted and I think it's gonna keep being co-opted in, in all sorts of new ways, new and wonderful ways. Well, I hope so. <laughs> well, that was uh, more interesting than I thought it was gonna be. Do we have anything we need to talk about? Uh, no, we've got a poetry fest coming up in the month of April, so you'll be welcoming us back in April to hear a little bit about poetry fest and well, and we might have some people on. To talk about that a little bit soon, but I was also thinking, so we're going to be doing a workshop on visual poetry. At Poetry Fest. At Poetry Fest. On the 21st of April. I think we may have coming up before Poetry Fest an episode where we maybe preview that a little bit and talk about some of the things that we'll be doing on that. That'd be great. Uh, so... Oh, and but if you if you listen to this, that that would be, I think that's going to be a fun workshop, and please sign up for it if you're coming to Poetry. And Fest, if you're yeah. in New Orleans, you're out for Poetry Fest, and you hear this, remember four twenty at Mags, ten thirty p.m. Comedy versus Poetry. Oh yeah, comedy. We're gonna have a, which I still think that title is slightly misleading, but it's going to be a fun night. It's going to be a combination of comedians and poets in some interesting different. I don't know. Like we're talking about poetry intersecting with advertising. This is going to be poetry intersecting with comedy. And, I guess uh, I could have. I guess if I guess we could have spelled the verses V E R S. Oh yeah, that's because that's the joke. Verses, yeah, that is the joke. Well, we can put verses in parentheses under the V S. I guess maybe. And um. Past guest, comedian, and poet Chris Champagne will be... What is he doing? He's the MC? No, Chris is going to be a oh, feature that night. he's not the MC. He's no. going to be the feature. We're going to have... We're going to have... A, we're going to have, so, we're going to have some cool folks Chris up. Chris is going to be have, a feature. We're going to have... Uh, we're going to have Chris Champagne is going to be up there. Uh, we're going to have uh, Ted Orphan. We're going to have Chris Lane. And we're going to have... Uh, uh, Paul Oswell is going to be the MC. And we're trying... To get a, maybe an, an improv, improv troupe to possibly and be Black involved Girl too, which I think giggle, would be fun. Black Girls yeah, Giggle yeah, are going to yeah. be there too. So it's going to be a fun night. Yeah, come if you if you're in New Orleans, come check that out at Mags. I think it's going to be a good time. Yeah, four twenty, ten thirty p.m. Mags. All right, on a legion. Check y'all later. We'll see you next week.